It's time for Rhema for Today. So just as soon as Peter, in speaking to Cornelius, had spoken enough to be a basis for faith, down came the blessing. Now, not only, friends, is God able, but He's also willing to do as Ephesians 3.20 said, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's not only able to do it, He's willing to do it. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching on God's Healing Mercies series on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. And like I said, here are people that's been praying, seeking for years, healing, praying, seeking. But when I just talked to him and got him to see his mercy, his willingness. In fact, I made the statement and then said, I'll prove it to you. I mean, it just shocked them. I started off by getting their... T- I had to do that to get their attention. You know, some people in seeking God have gotten in a rut. And if you pray with them, it'll jump right over in that rut. and You can't get them out of that rut. Boy, they're, 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 they're stuck in that rut. Unless you get them out of that rut, you, you, you can't help them. So that's the reason that I did that. See, I'm going to get them out of that rut immediately. So I said, God wants you baptized with the Holy Ghost or God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. Their mouth would flout. Their eyes would get big. They'd look at you, you know, like they'd think, boy, he's something wrong with him. Yeah, I said, he yearns to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He yearns to heal you. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. They look at you in disbelief without saying anything. In fact, you, could, you say that to somebody that's bedfast. God wants you up out of this bed and heal more than you want to get up. Man, you, you can, without them saying anything, you can read the expression on their face. You know what they're thinking. Well, if he does, why don't he get me up from here? But see, you haven't made it possible for him to. But without ever, you see, we know, of course, prayer works. and Laying on a hands is Bible, scripture, all that. But, but these cases, I've seen these cases, like I said, that, that you didn't even get to pray for them. You didn't even get to lay hands on them. I said, I'll prove it to you by the Bible. That he yearns to heal you. That he wants you healed. That he longs to heal you more than you long to be healed. More than you yearn to be. More than you want to be healed. And while I was yet talking to them, those that seeking the Holy Ghost just started talking in tongues. Those that were sick, I've seen them just just instantly all right. Didn't even get to pray for them. Didn't even get to lay hands on them. They started believing in his mercy. Just like, just like Cornelius. They didn't even get to pray with old Cornelius. They didn't even get to have an altar call, did they? Peter didn't even get to have an altar call. Get him down there on their knees where he could pray for them. Get him to repent, did he? <laughs> While he yet spake them, the Holy Ghost fell on them. See, they just believed. They just swallowed everything he said. Praise God. They just believed Jesus died for the sins. That's what he's preaching. Praise God. Not only got saved, but baptized the Holy Ghost standing there. That proves it's not the physical posture you're in. I've seen people just sitting there like you are. And I, I, I was teaching along, you know, and they just lifted both hands and started talking in tongues. I was preaching in one place, and there's three ladies sitting around on the front pew. There's three seconds of seat, you know, and there's, so there's one pew right here in front of the pulpit. And, 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 and these ladies wasn't any further away, a little bit further away because there's an altar than what you are. And, and, and these three ladies, just like somebody gave them a signal, all three of them lifted their hands and started talking in tongues right in the middle of my sermon. 
Well, I didn't know whether there's a Pentecostal person that didn't know how to control himself that ought to have been quiet. Sometimes, you know, people ought to be quiet and not speak or what. So I waited a few moments, and, and the pastor was sitting here on the platform. And so he came up there and put his arm around and said, whispered and said, Brother Hagin, those folks are not Pentecostal. He said, uh, one of them's Episcopalian lady and two of them Presbyterians. And they've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost. They've been coming here to services. They received right in the middle of the sermon. Glory to God. Well, when I found out who they were, well, I said, let's everybody just lift hands and rejoice with these dear sisters have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. You see, in other words, they heard and faith mounted up in there. They saw God was so yearned to fill them with the Holy Ghost that they couldn't wait till you give the altar call. Right in the middle. They just had to get filled right in the middle of the sermon. Well, you see, that's what happened with Carnitas and his household. Peter didn't have time to give an altar call for them to come and get saved. I mean, they got saved, born again, and baptized the Holy Ghost and speaking with tongues, standing right there. I say this is standing because, you know, uh, there's in the house and, and uh, he got all of his kinfolks and everybody, and angels appeared to him and told him, you know. And so they didn't have enough place for everybody to sit down. I just imagined the whole house, the folks just filled. You know, after all, it's not the physical posture you're in. It's a, it's a spiritual posture that you're in that counts. Those ladies just sitting there. I've had other folks just sitting there, you know, uh, that, that got healed the same way, right in the middle of the sermon. That happened with Paul, you know, down there in the, in the 14th chapter of Acts at Lystra. There sat this crippled man. See, he was sitting there, crippled man. Had never had walk. Same heard Paul speak. Wonder what Paul was speaking. Same heard Paul speak, you know, Acts 14, 8 and 9 at Lystra. Paul preached the gospel, 7 verse said, at Lystra there's a crippled man who sat there who was lame from his mother womb who never had walked. Ninth verse said the same. The man, the crippled man, heard Paul speak. See, there's that hearing again. Heard Paul speak. Who? Paul, steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said, stand upright on thy feet and blessed be God. The man stood up and walked and leaped and praised God and was healed. Well, it's quite obvious he had faith to be healed. Where did he get it from what Paul said? In other words, Paul must have unveiled through what he said the mercy of God, the compassion of God. Hallelujah. Not only to forgive sins, but to heal. He must have made it so real to that poor crippled fellow that's a grown man, has never walked a step in his life, been crippled from his mother's womb, that God so yearned, that God so yearned. You see, after all, the only Bible he had was the Old Testament. He had to take a text from it if he's going to take a text. Amen. He may have took the text. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout all the earth. <laughs> Glory to God. Looking for somebody. Hallelujah. He's eager, you see, to find somebody he can pour out his blessings upon. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So just as soon as Peter, in speaking to Cornelius, had spoken enough to be a basis for faith, down came the blessing. Now, not only, friends, is God able, but he's also willing to do as Ephesians 3.20 said, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's not only able to do it, he's willing to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Brother Bosworth went on to say, and I, I like this statement, he said, his love is so great that it could not be fully gratified by blessing all the holy beings in the universe. Therefore, it is extended to his enemies throughout the whole earth. God's love is extended to his enemies. Remember what Paul said? That Christ died for us while we were yet enemies of God. That's right. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes. 
his love. Think about his love extended to his enemies throughout the whole earth. Praise God. Brother Bosworth said, it seems to me that God would rather we should doubt his ability than his willingness. Now notice further our text, what our text said. That 145th Psalm, the 89th verse, he went on to say that the Lord is gracious. We've looked at that. Now then notice it says, the Lord is full of compassion. Slow to anger and of great mercy. How could you doubt his willingness in the light of such scripture as that? Now we need to realize that, you know, as I said, he's full of compassion. The Greek word translated compassion means to suffer with another. Accordingly, Isaiah said, in all of their afflictions, he was afflicted. Hallelujah. Brother Bosworth said, Is it not strange that this wondrous fact of his mercy toward the sick, so clearly seen and applied during the darker ages of the Old Testament, should be overlooked and set aside in this better age, in which is opened the way for the fullest possible manifestation of his mercy toward every phase of human need? Our text in the 145th Psalm, the 8th and 9th verse, after showing the greatness of his compassion, closes with the logical conclusion, the Lord is good to all. How many? All. How many? All. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. In other words, he's so full of compassion that he cannot be a respecter of persons in the bestowal of his mercies. You see, God is no respecter of persons when it comes to the bestowal of his mercies. None whatsoever. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now God, and I want to go on quoting something here because I like it. I like the way he says it. Brother Bosworth said, he said, how could he who being unable to fully gratify his benevolent heart by blessing holy beings, extend his mercies to the wicked of the earth, withhold the common blessing of healing from any of his obedient children. What a strange doctrine that the sick are not to look for as much mercy during this age of grace which prophets and kings desired to see and angels desired to look into as sufferers did during the darker ages in the Old Testament. Is God, Brother Bosworth asked this question, now more willing to show the mercy of forgiveness to the devil's children than he is the mercy of healing to his own? The fact is, he loves his own sick and suffering child even more than he loves the sinner. Thank God he does. And the mercy, the compassion of the Lord, as the scripture said, is from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. 
You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagen, Pastor Hagen, and the rest of the Hagen family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. This offer begins with the three CD series, Discovering Jesus by Kenneth Hagen. Next in this offer is a CD from Kenneth E. Hagen entitled Christ the Deliverer. All this for the special price of $18. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. We have a special day coming up. Mm-hmm. It's called International Rhema Day, yes. Sunday, May the 3rd. Yes. And somebody said, well, what is International Rhema Day? Well, it's a day that we've set aside, and we've been doing this for several years now, where individuals, groups, and churches are invited to participate with Rhema for that one day with praying for Rhema. We have yes. 256 campuses in 51 nations. And support Rama with a financial gift, mm-hmm. and then to tell others about Rama, right. and and get students here, people that you think that would benefit from coming to Rama. Yes, that's what International Rama Day is all about. If you want to know more about it, you can go to rama.org/slash. IRD and find out all about it. But we would welcome you as an individual, as a group of people, or as a church to get involved with us on International Rhema Day. And I want to thank you ahead of time for doing that. Tomorrow on Rhema for Today, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagen's life-changing series. That's next time on Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.